Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian, as Special Agent Jack Whiteside. I am not driving at any time in this mission. Gabe, as Special Agent Roy Arroyo. I don't know why I never get to hang out with anyone I like. And Matt, as Rocky Arroyo. I wonder if it's too late to call up Guantanamo and reserve a cell or two. Welcome, players. How is everyone doing tonight? I am doing fan. Dashing. Saves time if you don't say tastic. I'm Fandango. Just to save time, let me break down my entire day for you. So at 6.53 and 42 seconds this morning. That's too early. Well, we do have some time because we do not have any letters from beyond today. But as a reminder to our listeners, feel free to send us your letters anytime on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Discord, or via email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. And we'll do our best to answer those questions on the air or... We will just discard them. We have a burn barrel in the back. I got the parsley, sage, and rosemary to go with your extra time, just in case you were worried. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is tape number 23 of your Recruitment Orientation audio series. As you begin your lengthy career with us here at The Company... There are a few reminders of what may occur in the unlikely event that you are killed in the field. Teams are standing by to scrub all your personal electronic devices completely free of data. Additionally, we have implanted tiny explosives in any and all communication equipment, living quarters, transportation vehicles, luggage, clothing, including shoes, and toothbrushes, which will be remotely detonated. As a deterrent to faking your own death, we have also placed larger explosives at the homes of any living relatives and close friends. Acquaintances don't count, so acquaintances are encouraged. Per your signed contract, the company also reserves the right to resurrect you, if only temporarily, in order to gain access to certain information that may not be available by any other means. If then you should escape the resurrection chamber and flee the secret research compound, roaming the countryside as the living dead, feasting on the flesh of innocence, please insert Tape number 86 now. And this concludes your orientation on death and dying. Again, welcome to the company, and try not to poke black goo monsters with sticks if you can help it. And we're back! (laughs) Cute. Okay, it wasn't that funny, Brian. What do you mean funny? A little bird told me that Brian already bought this product and or service to give to Gabe, who regifted it to Matt, who regifted it to Brian, who returned it for a partial refund. And by little bird, I mean brain-burrowing earwig. Con! Now, dear investigators, we continue. Chapter 8. Trist. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Reluctantly, Jack and Roy team up with Rocky, one of Roy's older brothers who works for a shadowy government organization known only as The Company. Declan, Rocky's right-hand man, arranges for Winoka Point Research Center to be demolished with explosives as they leave Bloodsworth Island via helicopter, en route to a very familiar abandoned warehouse district. In Detox's secret hideout, a.k.a. the clinic, Rocky reveals to the FBI agents that the hacker worked for him all along in their quest to find and stop Dan from carrying out his mad plans to bring back Samantha Blaine. Turns out, Mr. Williams may very well be meddling with forces that could potentially bring about the end of humanity. 
Before accompanying this newfound ally in the search for Dan, the two investigators return home for a few hours of recuperation. Jack is plagued with nightmares during his short rest, while Roy discovers Greta has adopted a new member into their family, a little girl named Lily, who tags along with her new father on his quest. It is currently noon, local time, on Tuesday, October 3rd, somewhere high above the tiny speck of island that is Tristan da Cunha. Rocky, it's been a while since you've had to actively participate in an investigation. The long dormant sensation of adrenaline and anxiety swells within your breast as you hurtle through the air toward the small island of Tristan da Cunha. And what a sight! The landmass puckers in the middle with Queen Mary's Peak, a dormant volcano that last erupted back in the early 60s. What an awesome, terrifying sight that must have been. And yet, the small community of Edinburgh survived. A couple hundred brave souls who managed to carve out a life here at the edge of the world. You can't help but admire their tenacity. You notice Declan motioning toward a field about a hundred yards west of the village, where the plane had dropped a marker. You fold your arms by your side and aim for the target. Jack, heights have never really been your thing, but open spaces are the absolute worst. As you plunge from the relative safety of the jet's cargo hold into the untethered sky, you experience a brief twinge of fear that quickly subsides. It is replaced, instead, by a blossoming euphoria as you see the wide-open world splayed out before you like a glorious blue and green and brown map of topographical textures. Unbidden, a smile creeps across your face as joy erupts within your breast. You can clearly make out the shapes of Declan and Rocky below you, cartwheeling like acrobats through the thin wisps of cloud. You feel a kinship to them, three adventurers plummeting toward yet another island of mystery. But wait, where's Roy? Roy, just as you leap from the cargo hold, parachute strapped to your back and goggles firmly planted on your face, you hear a guttural voice from behind exclaim, I like pudding. I immediately jump out the plane. Dive, dive, dive! And you do. You immediately dive out of the plane and you can see the forms of Jack and Rocky and Declan far below you. And of course you can see the same markers that the plane had dropped for you guys to land, but you feel a, an odd weight on your left leg. Forgot to take off your workout weights from earlier in the day. Your leggings. I look down. You look down and you see Lily, aka Rose, grasping onto your leg and looking up at you with a sweet, beautific smile. Shake it off. What are you doing here? I like daddy. This is a point break. We can't hear <laughs> each other while we're falling. Then how are you talking to me right now, Matt? Yeah. Matt, how are you talking to him right now? I'm Jack's inner monologue. And as you mouth those words to Lily, a.k.a. Rose, she looks down, and you can hear her high-pitched squeal. All the way down. No one can say I didn't try. So, Rocky, you see Declan very gracefully land in the field just to the uh, west of the village. Roll for parachutes. You are very adept, and you make just a beautiful three-point landing, no problem. Superhero landing. And you break your knees. And you can see Jack is going to be just a few yards away, parachute gliding very easily, comfortably to landing. He, he does come down just a little bit harder than you would expect. He's got this weird, almost blissful look 
on its face. He's like paying more attention to the landscape around him than the ground rushing up at him. Oh. He sort of tumbles to the ground a few yards away, and you can see Roy twirling around in a corkscrew pattern. There's something clinging to his leg, and it looks like a small child. I pull out my gun. Hold it steady, Roy! Pop, pop. Pop, pop. That's her nickname for Roy. (laughs) I am just gonna look annoyed as I land to the ground. One leg sticking oddly out farther than the other. In your corkscrew, you can sort of see, like, ocean, volcano, ocean, volcano, ocean, volcano. (laughs) During one of those rotations, you do see a jeep that is approaching from the direction of the village. And then, of course, you do land and see that Rocky is helping Jack to his feet. All three of the gentlemen are collecting their parachutes and repacking them. Lily tumbles off your leg and like Sonic the Hedgehog does a little and then springs to her feet. Give it a 7.5. Roy, what the hell's going on? It looks like Rocky didn't do his job. It's not my fault your little brat seems to have come along. Yeah, you're the one who sent her off and here she is. If your people were competent, this wouldn't have happened. You're the one who seemed all concerned about it in the first place. Yeah, I don't care. Said the person who was worried about where she was going. I'm not so much worried as I am don't want to get in trouble. Alright guys, well she's here. We gotta figure this out. What are we gonna do? Jack, you watch her. Alright, you guys have an adventure. I'm watching this kid. (laughs) Jack Whiteside, babysitter. I'll watch her. And as you say that, Jack, Mm -hmm. you glance over at Lily, and she's eating a pudding cup. Hey, Rose, come here. She doesn't look up. Rose Lily, come here. She looks up and wanders over towards you, eating her chocolate pudding. This is your weird Uncle Jack. You're going to stay with him. D-A-D-Y. That spells Jack. Good. You know how to spell. See? It's going to be easy, Jack. Well, she spells just about as well as you did when you were that age. I look at her and I go, M-O-O-N, that spells tree. She smiles and her teeth are all chocolatey. Can I have a lick? She puts out her spoon. I take a bite. And Jack, why don't you go ahead and give me a constitution roll? I immediately shit myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a good thing you're wearing your brown pants today. (laughs) I needed a 50. I rolled an 85. I failed it and immediately pooped myself. What you taste is not chocolate pudding. It tastes like the first thing that pops in your head, warm possum guts. I immediately spit it out and start dry heaving. What the hell is in there? Don't look at me. She giggles and then digs another spoonful and eats it. Roy, you gotta check that out. There's something wrong with that pudding. I don't care. If she's eating it, she's eating it. Ask for a bite, but don't eat it. Smell it. Hey, Rose. She cocks her head and looks at you. Let me uh, get some of that. She puts out a spoonful for you. I'll take a smell. Smells like chocolate pudding. All right, Rose, you can have it. I'm not insane. Never mind. I'm not hungry. I just wanted to make sure that you're safe. Jack, you're insane. Or am I? She giggles and does that little shiver all over like little kids do and then just eats the spoonful. All right, I changed my mind. I'm not watching her. Nope. No takes backsies. Oh my God, look, there's Dan. I run away. (laughs) And Jack, as you say that, uh, all four of you see a jeep approaching from the uh, direction of the village. I jump in the bushes. So all we had to do was yell, look, it's Dan, and he'd arrive just like that? Hello, boys. (laughs) It's the magic of television. And uh, you can see it looks like an older gentleman, sort of pudgy, has a gray speckled beard. And uh, as he gets closer, you can see it's a police markings on the side of the jeep. Although they look a little iffy, like a little homemade, maybe hand-painted. It looks like he's wearing some sort of uniform. Also hand-painted. Shirt in a can! He's not actually wearing anything. It's just painted on. <laughs> Don't mind the hairs. It's a hooligan. 
<laughs> As you guys uh, finish up your parachutes, stowing those, he pulls up and sets the parking brake and hops out. Oh, good day, gentlemen. What brings you to our lovely island? Good day, sir. Um, We're here today in search of a little bit of something. I haven't quite decided yet. I've been rather busy at home, and I figured, you know, take some of the boys out for a bit of a break somewhere away from the, the old ball and chain. I'll lean over to Jack, and I'll say... What's with all the foreigners around here? Roy. Oh, I'm sorry, I must have got my wires crossed. Um, I'm a sergeant brother, Howie Neal, and uh, I thought uh, you'd been called uh, to look at the bodies. Oh, yes, the bodies, of course. See, that was just a test, and you passed. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it feels, feels so good. Yeah. Should I give him his prize? Uh, well, yes. Well, they don't tell me they were a prize. <gasps> and he starts breathing really heavy, and he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a uh, inhaler and takes a drag off it. <laughs> what, what, what price? It doesn't come yet. We've got this uh, very precious cargo we brought with us. She has this ability to help us determine what happened in certain situations. And we need you. We're going to trust you with protecting her. Are you up for that challenge? I'm quite follow. I'd step away and reveal Rose. Oh, God. What is that thing? She needs to be protected at all times. Are you up for this challenge? Well, I've got uh, my sister could babysit, if that's what you want. It's not really about babysitting. Is she trustworthy? My sister? Yes. Of course. I slept with her last night. <laughs> well, that might work. Like I told you, she's extremely important. Well, I guess maybe we should, uh, you know, start off on the right foot here. Uh, first, I want to welcome you to... Uh, our little village here. This is Edinburgh. Scotland. Have you ever been here before? Scotland. No, this is uh, Tristan de Kuna. Scotland. No, that's quite a long way away. What happened to your accent? <laughs> it's starting more Scottish. My ploy worked. Actually, I'm, I am waiting for a word from uh, Scotland Yard, but uh, it will, it'll take uh, quite some time for them to get here. About a week. Well, lucky for you, we are a little bit faster. We call this uh, the settlement here. The settlement here. It's our colloquial nickname for it. Uh, we call it the settlement. But you're, you're more than welcome. There's only a couple hundred of us. Well, I guess first things first. Can you take us to the bodies? Yeah, so just an awful thing. You know, I can't imagine like three people dying of accidents in one day. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does seem a little suspicious, but we just want to make sure and be thorough. Well, of course. Uh, well, are, you, are you hungry at all? I mean, the bodies aren't going anywhere. Well, I could always eat. I need to clean this taste out of my mouth. I will say that the burger joint, Sister Myrtle Morrissey, uh, she invented it. It's uh, something called a taco fish. <gasps> Wait. We have quite a lot of fish here in the are area. Are you telling so. me she invented the taco fish? Yes. I, I've never seen it anywhere else. That and... is one of my favorite meals, and I have seen it somewhere else. Oh. In his dreams. Someone stole a, her recipe? I think it might have gotten out. Let's go. I, I would love to try the original. I don't like it here anymore. Hey, Roy, watch your kid. No, it's yours. I called no takes backsies. Calling in the Jeep is playing room for everybody in your gear, so... All right, Rose, you get in the front seat. I'm in the back, in the middle on the hump, I called it. Shotgun. So where are you from? I'm from Louisiana. I've heard of that place. I've seen it on a map. Where are you from, Rocky Ryecroft? Yeah, a bit of here and a bit of that. He's from Boston. Oh, yeah, there does seem to be some similarity there. Are you re related at all? No. Unfortunately. Back at spot family a mile away, yes. We have a very uh, short family tree here. There's no branches. <laughs> Roll tide. Inbred. I'm my own Uncle Dad. Ah, uh, my own grandpa. And, and what do you do for a living? I heard the FBI was involved. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, special agent, Jack Whiteside. I'm a peanut vendor from back home. Oh, peanuts, yes. We don't have any of those here. We have to get them imported. It takes usually a month. Yeah, well, the Red Sox need me. Uh, have you heard of Amazon? <laughs> uh, we, do, we don't get that here. That's for dang sure. 
two-day prime delivery. Oh, they say anywhere, they mean anywhere. You know, they a lot of people call us the end of the world here. Like that movie with Simon Pegg? Who calls you that? Cite some sources. Anyone famous? Nobody famous, that's for sure. But uh, people who stop in take some months and months to get here. And they here. never leave? And they never leave, ever. No, they leave. <laughs> <laughs> they check in, but they don't ever check out. So after lunch, do you have a place where we could stay, uh, preferably uh, screen door in? Oh, no, I'm sorry. But uh, we, we do have uh, a couple rooms at the Albatross Bar if you want to stay there. Okay. Brother Kemper does have a couple uh, rooms to rent. Includes free coffee? Ooh, I'm in. But does he stock booberry? We can go see him later if you want to. Everything's pretty much within walking distance here. Well, here we are. You pull up to what looks to be just like kind of a ramshackle, almost like an old one-level tin warehouse. Hey, there's a fiddler up on that there tin roof. I knew it wasn't a myth. And it's a rather hot tin roof, too. So this is the burger joint, and it basically just says that painted in block letters outside. It's got just a a small screen door uh, to let in that's actually open. And as you pile out of the Jeep, a few residents just, you know, moseying around. A couple of little kids here and there. You also see, like, some ducks sort of waddling through the streets. The streets, for the most part, are dirt-packed. And, of course, always in the distance to the south, you can see the looming presence of the uh, volcano Queen Mary's Peak. All right, let's eat. Uh, you walk into the burger joint, and again, it is like a couple trestle tables with trestle benches, a very simple... Trestle. ...menu. They basically have... Trestle may. Burgers, sausages, taco fish, basically handheld stuff for the most part. Do they have tapas? They do not have tapas. They do have coleslaw and salads, which are made of kelp. Ooh, nice. Interesting. Very chewy. They got any churros? Under the drink menu, it says uh, well water or coke. Now, what kind of Coke you want? You want Coke, Coke, Pepsi Coke, Mountain Dew Coke, Orange Coke? So, uh, Sergeant Brother Howie Neal indicates, uh, sit down, sit down. And uh, then he calls out, Sister Myrtle, Sister Myrtle. And sure enough, a middle-aged, slim, blonde woman with wide-gapped teeth comes out, kind of smiling and looking very curiously at uh, you guys. Could she eat popcorn through a picket fence? What's all this now? Well, who are these fine young lads? We're just here to get to get some food, ma'am. Ooh, some food. Well, I got food for you. I would like to honestly try your fish tacos. Although, I'm wondering if you've heard of taco fish. Well, yeah, that's all we have is taco fish. Really? So he did speak correctly. Yes, taco fish. I I made it up myself. This is your original recipe. Yes, absolutely. I would like two, please. How many herbs and spices? All the herbs and spices. I go down to the beach and I I catch me some fishies and the, and I slit the guts. What do you do with the guts? I cook them up in uh, with some nice spices and cheese. And make them into pudding. In a nice cast iron pan and then put them back in the fish. Any faba beans? <laughs> Maybe nice TNT. I would like two, please, ma'am. That sounds delicious. Oh, I have that right for you. Yes. Anything for you, uh, little miss? And she indicates Lily, who looks up and just smiles at her. She'll have a Coke. A smile and shut the... Right away then. No problem. And she scurries back. And uh, as she leaves, the sergeant sort of leans into the group of you guys and says, uh, you know, uh, she was the one that found the body. Oh, which body? I'm looking it up now. All right. We'll we'll wait. Please hold. Spinny umbrella circle. (laughs) She found uh, Brother Maury Aubrey. Whose brother was he? Maybe you haven't uh, noticed yet. We just call each other brother or sister. Oh, so you're like a cult? No, not at all. No, that's silly. Oh, okay. Would you like some Kool-Aid? We, we, we like to think of each other as brothers and sisters. 
I'll write in my notebook, cult question mark. Would I be wrong in assuming that you've started some sort of case file for these apparent accidental deaths? I'm going to let Scott and the odd take it. I mean, if you guys want to do anything with it, that's fine. But I don't see any foul play or anything. Hmm. All right. Well, if you don't mind us doing our investigation, that would be fantastic. Of course, after we eat. Yes, of course. No problem. Rocky, are you eating any food? I ate on the plane. I'm fine. Thank you. You ate a plane? I ate on the parachute ride down. (laughs) (laughs) And just plummeting, you see me there with a sandwich. A meatball sub on the way down. (laughs) After about five or ten minutes, Sister Myrtle comes back, and her tray is loaded with drinks, and looks like what appears to be some kelp. It looks literally like seaweed. I'll roll it up, start smoking it. No, hon, you put it in your mouth. You eat it right away. Bro, I want to get sea high, though. I'm going to examine my uh, my meal. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. I needed a 77. I rolled a 62. Jack, you're looking at your water. You notice like there's a little bit of silt in the bottom of the glass. Well, that's well water. It's good for you. Put snipples on your chest. <laughs> well, that's water, all right. And there's a bit of like egg smell to it. That's the sulfur from the volcano. Uh, excuse me. Could I get a Coke, please? I forgot to order that earlier. Uh, she calls over her shoulder. Yeah, no problem, hon. I'll have it, I'll have it right over for you. Hey, foreign flow, come over here. Well, I've got to get the taco fish. Roy, let her bring me my food. I got to talk to you. Oh, sure. I'll be right back, hon. So the drinks are set out, and uh, you see Lily take a sip of her Coke and sort of make a scrunchy face. Ooh. Uh, you drink that. It's good for and you. she sort of pushes it away. What's wrong, Lily? Don't encourage that. That's not her name. What's wrong, Lily Rose? She just shakes her head. Nothing tastes good, honey. I like pudding. I like pudding, too, unless it tastes like vomit. She looks at you curiously. What was wrong with your drink? She just shakes her head. Can you only say that you like pudding? I like pudding. Does the demon that's inside of you not let you speak? Daddy? Yeah, daddy. He doesn't let you speak. D-A-D-Y. That spells coke. You can speak. She can speak and spell. The cow goes, So D-A-D-Y. Might be a demon. That might be SMRT. This tells you, Rocky, you know what Uncle Red always said. Raising 11 kids is easy, but it's the 12th one that really gets you. Yeah, seeing as how the 12th one in our family turned out, I'd be reluctant to agree with that statement. Well, actually, the 12th one is Robbie, so learn about our family, moron. You visit him in the penitentiary lately. Roy, I don't think his name is Ron. Robbie's awesome, and just because you're lame and don't get along with our family doesn't mean you can talk crap about them to me. Just gonna give him a long, disappointed stare. Did you see what he did to Tommy DeLuca? Just because you lost your fight to the DeLuca boy doesn't mean that you can drag us down with you. Yes, do you know why I lost? that fight because you were too scared no because the boy paid me a hundred dollars to do it i don't believe you you're always making stuff up like that you're the weak link i'm gonna reach into my pocket and pull out my wallet fold out a picture of me standing next to the deluca i was supposed to fight while he's handing me a 100 dollars bill i've been saving this for a while just in case just in case what we have this exact conversation yes i had a feeling it would come to this at that some point. kind of specific bullcrap is the exact kind of thing that has made you the outcast of this family on the back of the picture it says show roy when on island open only on x island sister myrtle comes back a few moments later trays piled high with taco fish and some burgers and some sausages you want some sausages excuse me sister do you do you know sister christian is she the only one she's the only one i heard a rumor that she's been motoring Uh, hey 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 do not 
tarnish her reputation. But has she been motorboating? Shut up, I'm eating. You say with a mouthful of taco fish. So all we get is... Can I roll for yummy? Sure, go ahead. D100. I needed a 77 and I got a 60... Don't So uh, Sister Myrtle places the food down. You guys immediately attack it. And then uh, she sort of looks curiously over at uh, Roy. Did you want something up? All right, Flo. So I heard a rumor that you're the one that found the body. And she glances fearfully at Neil, who just nods back. And she sits down next to you, and she's kind of coughs into her hand and turns her head and spits on the floor and then reaches into her pocket and pulls out an inhaler. I was on my way down here like I does every morning to get the grill head up out for the breakfast crowd. It is dark yet, nary a peak of dawn or the horizon, but something catches me eye in the cemetery. I can see a shape, no matter the dark, kind of slouch near one of the grave markers. I about stain me knickers. Run straight here and call Howie. Only heard about it being poor Maury later. Sad. Roy, why don't you go ahead and give me either a spot hidden or a listen, whichever one's better for you. I needed a 70. I got a 19. That's a hard success. She is clearly nervous about something. Something more than just having seen what she says she saw. It's very, very important that we know everything there is to know about this. Ignore him, dear. I mean, he he thinks he's better than me, but he does not have the people skills I do. I understand that what you might have seen may seem disturbing, but if there's any chance you can make sure you're not forgetting anything, it'd be incredibly helpful, seeing as we're the last line of defense here to figure out just what happened. And she takes in what you say and then kind of looks at Roy for some sort of guidance or... We really do need to know everything, if there's any chance of us finding out what happened. Hold her hand. Might we persuade you to tell us everything? That sounds like a roll to me. I need a 50 out of 13. That's a hard success and proof that I have better people skills than Rocky. Now that you mention it, there was something else. I saw... There was another shadow moving at the fringes of the cemetery, but I think it was just in my imagination. I I ran as fast as I could. Was the shadow, did you get enough good enough look to know if it was any kind of body type that you might have recognized? It looked like a man? All right. We've narrowed it down to four people. It might have been a woman. I don't know, but it was somebody. Somebody was there. All right. We're going to have to set up meetings with everyone on this island. It should take about 15 minutes. Did you do it? Nope. Okay, on to the next one. We asked everybody and no one says they did it. We got to go home. Well, that's all we got. See you later, guys. And Jack, uh, you take a sip of your Coke and it is very, very syrupy. It just tastes like hardly any carbonation. just tastes like the that crap you add to the water. I look over at Rose Lily. And she's looking at you sort of knowingly. I take the straw and I blow bubbles in it and get a little smirk at her. She giggles. Ugh, kids. Uh, you finish up your lunch and uh, you're pretty well satisfied. The taco fish is quite quite good. And I'll give Foreign Flow Jack's room key. I'm going to take a picture for my instant grams. I follow these old ladies. Instant grams just in water. Sergeant Neal pats his stomach. Well, where, where should we be off to? I could use a nap for one. My first thought, I know we just ate lunch, but I'd like to get right down to it and, and see the see the bodies, please. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. It's just a walk away. We can, that's no problem. 
All right, sounds good. Uh, where did you say the bodies were currently? A walk away. Well, the only place we could keep them was uh, St. Mary's Church in the basement. You mean Sister St. Mary? Or would that be Mother Mary? I've got Father Brother John Sharp keeping an eye on them. My Father Brother. Roll Tide. All right, well, let's go see. You got a hardware store on this island? Uh, yes, we've, we've got, uh, well, it's a, a more of a all-purpose shop, but yes. You got any screen door materials there? I'm sure Laddie does, yes. You didn't bring your emergency patch, Roy? I brought a patch, but they don't have a screen door in in this Neanderthalic society, so if I'm going to be able to sleep here, I'm going to need to install my own. Hey, speaking of which, how's the screen door when we came in? I didn't even pay attention. Pedestrian at best. Well, you got to know where we're at, though. Don't disrespect. I don't care. They got to know who I am. Here's my thought, Roy. What if you were to settle down a few years from now and maybe open your own here? I've always felt that I would be a great franchiser. Think about it. A plot right near the volcano. You'd have a little bit of shade, lots of heat. That's a good point. That is what makes a screen door worth having. That's right. Next on the Lovecraft tapes, Roy fills out business paperwork and land acquisition forms. All right, Roy, I think we should uh, drop uh, Rose Lily off before we go see the bodies. What do you think? Where? He said his sister could probably watch her for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Does that sound okay with you? Yeah, that works for me. I mean, she's yours now, so it's your call. No, 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 no. I uh, back out of that. Here's my wallet and my keys. I'm out. What's your credit raining? I'll decide whether this is a good deal. Uh, pre- pretty damn good. 500000 sound even? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's drop her off and get going. All right, so, yeah, I'm going to suggest that uh, she goes to the sister's house. He indicates that uh, she lives just a couple blocks, actually just a couple houses from the church. So, yep, they swing by and drop her off on the way. Neil pats his uh, stomach again and heads on out through the screen door. All right, I follow. It's uh, probably about one thirty, two o'clock. Looks like things are uh, sort of winding down. You see fewer people running around in the streets. So he takes you just a little southwest, or southeast rather, to sort of like this town center. An older looking uh, lady, he hails her and she quietly nods and listens to the story that uh, you guys need a babysitter, essentially. And she uh, opens up the door and Lily bounds up the stairs and turns back and waves with a smile. I love pudding! Bye-bye! And Neil uh, rubs his hands and says, well, no, that's taken care of. How about we go see the buddies? That would just be great. Sounds fun. Have you ever seen buddies before? Your buddies? My bodies. That's the first time we've been here. How we see your buddies? My bodies lie over the I just want to make sure uh, no one's going to get sick. We are prepared. Thank you for the concern. We will get sick, I promise. Yeah, we bring our own baggies. He <laughs> takes you what's clearly the main church. This is a, basically kind of a more modern church. There's a little bit of a steeple, but it looks mostly just for looks. It's mostly for the people. It's not a really ornate or older church. Obviously, this community was established in the late 18th. So it's not super duper old. And this looks like it's been uh, remodeled probably back in the 80s. Almost warehouse style. No stained glass or anything. So Neil walks up to the the front door into a very spare hall. You're joined by uh, father brother John Sharp. Looks like he's in his early 60s. He does have glaucoma in one of his eyes. Which one? The middle one? The third eye. He does have glaucoma in, uh, let's say, his right eye? Right eye? Right eye. He said, let's say it. He has frown marks in his brow, and he just looks like he's someone who probably, he's been sucking lemons for decades. Whoa. 
<laughs> you mean brother lemons? And he nods at, at Neil and looks at the four of you guys with maybe a little bit of disdain. Was it disdained windows? Oh, I, I suppose you want to see the bodies. Uh, yes, that is what we're here for. Hmm. If you don't mind showing us. Follow me. And uh, he turns around with almost like a bit of a boot click and takes you through the very Spartan pew and uh, pulpit area to a back room that leads to the kitchen and living quarters in the back. A Michigan State Recruitment Center. And then uh, takes a hard left to a door with uh, stairs leading down to the basement. I'll go down. Woohoo! Pull out my flashlight and my lighter to burn up the spider webs. The basement is quite clearly much cooler. Oh, dude, it's so cool down here. It'd be my man cave. Probably the best place to keep bodies. You reach the foot of the stairs to your right. You can see a much larger area where it's the larger shelves and shelves of things being stored, including some foodstuffs. Right. Towards the uh, end of that chamber, there are um, some stone slabs that were probably work tables and probably part of the church before it was remodeled. Oh, got it, yeah. And on each of these stone slabs, there are three of them, uh, there is a body on each one. All right, I'm going to look at Roy and go, Some bodies! Yeah. Ain't got no bodies. Everybody. That's dead is right there. Roy, let's go see what we can find. I'll pull out a pitchfork and start poking things around. How did you jump out of a plane with a pitchfork? That's impressive. It was tied to his right leg. <laughs> Father brother John Sharp is sort of hanging back slightly. Where's uncle nephew? Sister grandpa. Oh. He has his arms folded and he's sort of looking at Neil to run things. And he's, he's like not approaching the bodies at all. Oh, come on. Uh, so these are the poor unfortunates. Souls. All right. Do you mind giving us a rundown as to what happened with each accident wise? This is brother young John. He looks like he's a late teenager. Well, of course he's late. He's dead. His neck is clearly snapped. It's at an awkward angle and the corpse is slightly bloated. Okay. And then he points to the middle one and he says, uh, oh, and this is uh, Brother Maury Aubris. You've already heard about him. Uh, right. And uh, it's an older gentleman. He looks very old, very thin, very frail. The back of his head has caved in. Okay. And even at a glance, you can see that uh, his brain is missing. Okay. And... He points to the uh, third, very odd-looking corpse. Oh, and this is uh, Sister Ingrid Pitt. She's burned horribly. She's, like, completely black and crispy. Now, what can you tell me about what would have caused this? Oh, terrible accidents. So, Roy, why don't you start on that third body, considering you have personal experience with being crispy? I will punch him in the face. <laughs> I needed a 33, and I rolled a 28 to punch Rocky in the face. All right, Rocky, I think you need to do a dodge or fight back. I'm going to fight back and try and grab his hand from hitting me, and I'm going to go for a kidney shot. You mean the beans? Damn it, I missed. So you get punched in the face. Boys, boys, stop it. We need to be professional here. He started it. It doesn't matter at this point. Yes, it does. There's three unfortunate dead souls here. We need to figure out what happened. Fine. Are we done? Yeah, now I am. So you want to know what happened to Sister Ingrid Pitt? Still do, yes. We found her uh, in the field behind the uh, Thatched House Museum. Is that a museum that shows you what thatched houses look like? Brother Tony Roper, he's the one who reported it. He noticed the strange black smoke, he said. Is he a landlord? I guess you'd have to talk to him about that. So nothing around her was burned? Just a burnt body? I don't know. We just brought her back here. Didn't you think that was strange, that there was just a body leaning against a house that was burnt and no 
know, flames or burned grass or anything around her? Oh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really look that closely. That's what Scotland Yard's for. She burst into flames upon her Yes, I, I figure it's a spontaneous combustion, right? Terrible accident. Okay. And what about the last gentleman here? Brother Young John. Oh, poor lad. He, of course, works out at the docks. I imagine he uh, got tangled up in his boat moorings and drowned. Brother Russ, the harbor master, he's he's the one who told me that. He works with Brother Russ? Oh, no, no. Ru- Brother Russ Waters is the harbor master. Okay. So they know each other, of course. and uh, That's who found him. I'm going to examine um, his neck and see if I can see any pressure marks where maybe something had grabbing his neck or he was strung up or anything to inspect it. I'm going to take a closer look at Maury. I guess I'll look at the other one. Nice. So each of you takes a body. It's very nice. De- Declan is sort of standing by just watching the three of you work. So let's start with uh, Jack. I'm going to uh, reach into my bag and grab my gloves, my surgical gloves. Put my gloves on, and I'm going to slowly inspect the neck by cradling the head and just turning it side to side to see if I can see any telling marks around the neck or or upper shoulder area. And you feel this weird, like, clicking, clicking, clicking as a bone in his neck is grinding. Give me a spot hidden. I needed a 77. I rolled a 47. That's a success. Indeed. Indeed, you do see there are some signs of neck compression and or strangulation, but there are some weird imprints on the skin around the neck as well. Circular bruises. Perfect circles or tool. They're each about a quarter size, and they go all the way around the neck. Okay, evenly spaced apart? Yep. Um, I gotta take out my phone and snap a couple pictures, turning the head and getting it all the way around. Run my hands, fingers in line, pinky to index, index to pinky, down the center of his chest towards his stomach. Applying a small amount of pressure and pushing slightly as I go. See if I can feel if the the reason he's bloated is if he's full of seawater, or if, if it's just the organs that are bloated from decomposition it sort of feels normal to you okay i'd probably know that that's it's he's probably got seawater in there rocky look over at declan for a minute and kind of hold my hand out and wave it a bit and he's going to reach into one of his side pockets and he's going to hand me a pair of latex gloves put them on and the first thing i'm going to do is pick up the head and gently rotate it around so i can get a look at the part of the back of the head where it's caved in nice gloves and i want to take a look at where the impact happened see if i can't tell if it was uh like a blunt item if he got hit in the back you know or if something blunt hit the back of his head or if maybe it was something a little sharper go ahead and give me a spot hidden please I needed a 60 and I rolled a 52. That is a success. You see a bit of dirt around the broken skull. And there is something wedged deep in there. A little glint of something. It looks like maybe a a fish scale or... It's hard to tell. You wouldn't buy... Chance happen to have a, like a pair of tweezers or something, would you? Uh, Declan whoops them out. I'm going to reach in with the, the tweezers and try and pull that out. And it easily pulls out, sort of with a wet, sick... As you bring it up, you see it is a broken fingernail. And then you look down and realize that one of your fingernails has broken off. I can't believe someone would clip their nails inside of his head. That's gross. Roy, you're looking over Sister Ingrid Pitt's burned, blackened, crispy body... Checker pits. Extra crispy. And as I uh, wince, I um, check the body for glass shards. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. I need a 70. I got a 64. That's a success. You blink. 
because the blackened exterior rise slightly and you realize in horror that she is still breathing shoot her and you look up towards her face and her eyes snap open she looks you dead in the eyes her mouth opens with a creak and a crack as the skin splits and a frog shoots out of her mouth along with a healthy lungful of fresh water and you hear a sigh father and then she dies she didn't say brother father i'm gonna need you to make a sanity roll please got a 79 i need a 62 that's a fail you're going to take one point of sanity well the minute that i see that frog i am blasted with flashbacks of my childhood and accompanied with the burning sensation that I once felt in that jail cell down in Texas, and I immediately start fumbling to pull my gun out, but I drop everything all over the floor, and I'm trying to pick them up, but I cannot manage to. I rush over to Roy's side, kneel down to... Roy, focus! The frog just looks up at you and goes, Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Well, tune in next time for Chapter 8, Trist. Got any thoughts about the investigation so far, guys? Spoopy. There are bodies. I like that we're confronting our fears. What do you mean, that makes we? Me feel good. I jumped out of a plane and had a huge open area around me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever. If we're all facing our fears, when is uh, Tony DeLuca going to show up? <laughs> he wants his hundred bucks back. I'm going to shoot him. Yeah, and then I'll report you. Uh, my theory is that Foreign Flow is the murderer. All right, well, let's get on with some recommendals. What do you say, guys? Yes, let's Go ahead do and it. roll a D100, please. I rolled a 19. Uh, I rolled 56. I rolled a 72. Nice. So it's going to be Gabe, Matt, Brian, and I rolled a 12. So Gabe, start us off. I'm going to start a couple-week trend like I like to do with this recommendo. It is 2004 film Kung Fu Hustle. It's a uh, sort of comedy gangster movie. It is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen because it is basically a cartoon come to life. Seeing these kung fu gangsters just in such wacky situations, using a knife wrong, getting beaten up by old ladies, doing like Looney Tunes runs is one of the funniest things you can imagine, especially if you like kung fu movies and Looney Tunes like I do. So that's basically my best way to sum it up. Give that a look that's kung fu hustle let's go with uh, matt you're next continuing my trend from last week to where this isn't a video game we have listeners out there who probably play DD. and if as, as anyone who's played D knows you can get stress-induced nightmares just by me mentioning the deck of many things why that can be entertaining i've i've found a, a much better alternative to the deck of many things called the deck of silly things and it's 50 really amazingly hilarious items that are written in set up for D&D usage that none of them, you know, do anything terrible, but, you know, no matter what you pull out of this, you're going to have a good time. Uh, you have some some lovely items such as the Helm of Thoughts and Prayers, which allows you to put your hand to your head and say thoughts and prayers, and any creature within uh, 10 feet has to make a wisdom saving throw or they think you're a really nice person. Other than that, it doesn't do anything whatsoever. Uh, there's Jeremy's personal favorite, the Pot of Casting, which if you're on our Discord, you can get a really nice look at that card. For Brian, we have the Sand of the Pocket. Pocket Sand. And for Gabe, we have the Basket of Endless Breadsticks. I do like a bread 
red stick. Like I said, there are 50 items in this deck. All of them are ridiculous and silly and absolutely amazing, and you can actually play D&D 5e with them if you so wish. So if, if you're looking for something that's just a little bit more wacky to add to your to your D&D game, go and check out the deck of silly things. Brian, you're up next. Mine is a TV show on Netflix. They just released the Umbrella Academy. In 1989, 43 infants were born to women who the day before showed no signs of pregnancy. Billionaire tried to get as many as he could of these children, was only able to adopt seven of them through monetary means. He basically is raising these kids to, in his opinion, save the world. But what we find out is each kid has their own special power or ability. Where we pick it up is them all grown up and dispersed around the world or the country, and something brings them back together to confront all of their issues they had when they were children and teenagers and moved out. Something sparks to where they have to work together again and use their abilities and basically save the world. It reminds me of Kick-Ass and Watchmen, like, combined. Real dark, real gritty. They're heroes, but they're nowhere near perfect. They have their flaws emotionally and, and physically sometimes times it's really interesting to see something in actors that click together to make something that's entertaining with a little bit of comedy so definitely check it out it's a uh, umbrella academy all right well i'm gonna wrap things up here with my recommendable for tonight it is the board game sherlock holmes consulting detective it is a mystery game that you solve by reading a narrative and pulling out locations which might be clues that lead you to a map it's sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing where you flip through a book that has all of the narrative elements for each of the locations. You basically flip to it and then read the next bit, and it'll tell you whether or not there is actually a clue or a dead end to that particular case you're trying to solve. So we played the first one where there was a dead body and you kind of had to figure out, like, who killed this dude? And there's a lot of red herrings. There's a lot of people who could be suspects but turn out not to be for various reasons. In addition to the narrative uh, storytelling aspect, there's also a newspaper that goes with each case. And it looks just like a newspaper. Advertisements for crazy things back in the 1800s or 1900s, whatever it is. But among those advertisements and help-wanted ads and news items are actual clues to the case too. So you have to read the newspaper and then sort of remember, oh wait I saw that ad for this thing that comes up later in the narrative and gives you a clue to actually my, who might be the killer. It's pretty in-depth. The scoring rewards you if you're quick so you, if you follow fewer leads and go to fewer locations, you get better points. If you deduce correctly those clues, you'll get better points. But if you go down dead ends, you actually get minus points. So you have to be very careful about that. Each case takes about two to three hours to play. So basically set aside a Sunday afternoon and play this thing. There are 10 cases in the first edition that we got. Uh, so there's very little replay value. So, you know, you solve a case, that's it. But essentially you got three hours of fun out of it and there's 10 of those so you got about 30 hours what I like about it mostly is it's immersive. It's very literary, so there's a lot of storytelling going on. It's puzzle solving. You have to kind of figure out like, okay, this person couldn't do it because they had a injured arm, so they couldn't have shot that gun because it was a right-handed gun. You know, so you have to do those sorts of things. And also, it's very fun to be cooperative, so you get another player. Usually, two two people is about right, and it's 
completely worth it because it's not not very expensive at all. I think it's around 30 bucks, And you get to compete with Sherlock Holmes. So uh, Sherlock Holmes is a character within the game who you compete against and who is also your mentor. Uh, that's Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, and I highly recommend it. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. We thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave Brian a review. <laughs> and then he'll give it to us, and then we'll return it for a partial refund. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook. Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anyone wishes to come at me and tell me that I've wasted 25 of my points in the medicine skill, well, you can find me on Twitter at The Real Weird Kid. And if anyone wants to coach me on how to win a podcast award, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. If anybody can get me some instant pot recipes for some possum, I would really appreciate it. You can reach me at Brian Podcast. And until next time. Roll for possum guts. Yum. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Today's episode is brought to you by the Let It Go Fuck Yourself. Don't do it. It's Ghoulies. It's the Goonies. One thing I noticed going through that app is there's so many movies that I'm like, oh my god, that movie. I remember that one. The Cat That Came From Outer Space. Starring Dean Jones. It was free reign in the 70s, man. It was all about the devil and women in jails. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing over there, Disney? Coming out soon, they're releasing a documentary on the first Apollo 11 mission. And they're using a bunch of, like, um, original, like, 70-millimeter footage that was shot, like, back in the day when they were actually first doing the mission and stuff. A lot of the stuff is like, never been seen before. By anybody? Even the people editing the film for release? They close their eyes. <laughs> Let's hope this looks good, boys. Can you hear us? Who is he talking to? Of course we can hear you. We are inside your living room. That's why you gotta play Quantum Conundrum, because it's by the people that made Portal. so I consider Portal-esque like a subgenre of the puzzle game now. Same with Mario 3D World. Crash Team Racing is getting remastered, so Mario Dude, Kart is worthless to me now. I'm fucking excited for Crash Team Racing. You know what I want to remaster on? I want the Lego Kart game. That you know what I'd like to do? Awesome. I'd like to start playing this game. Let's keep delaying. Yeah. So what did you think about the Lego Kart Racer game? I mean, I liked it, but I prefer Donkey Kong Racer. I, Diddy Kong Racing on the N64 was awesome. It was alright. I put the crap out of that. I like Lovecraft Tapes Racing. That's my favorite. Mm. Uh, that's my favorite. I've smelt better. Where will you be when the acid kicks in? How does he know what How that... How would I know what that tastes like? Yeah, seriously. You're a hick. <laughs> He's traveled many a dirt road. Mm -hmm. He knows what a dead possum smells like. Eating many a possum guts. Well, when you're hungry and you just want something to eat, sometimes road kills your best option, hmm? <laughs> Whips out his parking brake. 
They oh, call you tripod? <laughs> oh, that's what I'm hoping for, yes. Oh, now I'm Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling Microsoft. How can I help you? Yeah, it is uh, about noon, so... Uh, uh, a little accent I'm doing. <laughs> it is about noon, so we have got to get some food. Yes. Uh, How do you think I take the time to practice these things before I start? And even then I know it's kind of terrible. I don't I know what you're saying. Come on over here, and now I'm all Southern-like. No. <laughs> down get yourself some fried chicken i don't think you remember how badly he beat up tommy leblanc just because you lost your fight to the leblanc kids which no arroyo has done in three generations i thought it was the delucas what happened to them oh yeah hold on let me re-say that <laughs> ha! i got him look you're that's it i'm out whatever <laughs> I throw the coke in her face and stab her in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Guy demon, die! Guy ah! Jack Whiteside, babysitter. Scribbled on in Sharpie. <laughs> Permanent marks. A big dick on his forehead. Damn it, Roy. And the rest of you see Roy essentially lose his shit. I get the paper towels and start cleaning up his shit. I found your shit. It's right over there. 